Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Good morning! Isn't it a wonderful day to be alive? <laughs> We're so alive. <laughs> so good. This is Jojo's World, part two, the Phantom co-host. <laughs> <laughs> we are recording very remotely right now. This am... is our first attempt at a Jojo's World remote record setup. Uh, Nick in particular, I don't believe, has podcasted in his current studio before, Jojo's World Studio B. Uh, so <laughs> bear with us for a week or two as we work out the kinks, please. Please, please. And, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast where today, today of all days, we are so delighted to be back and recapping and discussing something by Hirohika Araki. I mean, I'm not going to lie, this might be one of the greatest things I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. It's not JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, it is Thus Spoke Kashibe Rohan, the... Oh, yes. What, what is it's this? So what is this anthology series? It's both the story of Ro Rowan... Rohan, I keep doing that lately. Uh, Rohan telling spooky stories about that didn't happen to him, but also getting into weird, weird mishaps and misunderstandings with ghosts and goblins. Yeah, he seems to find himself in situations where he's not the protagonist, and yet he's very close or very adjacent to the protagonist. I would say this is probably just... one of the closest ones to him being the protagonist of. Mm. Yeah. I suppose Millionaire Village, he was the focal character for a lot of it. Um, well, yeah, but that was also very weird because he wasn't <laughs> the guy who was trying to get the place, right? Yeah, that's right. It was his um, his publisher or, or producer or something like that, or his agent. Mm. What's interesting about this one is Ro 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 ugh, I met a Ro Rowan recently <laughs> who was R-O-H-A-N, and that's throwing off my brain. <laughs> so now you're just like, okay, so it's always Rowan. Ro Ro Rohan. What have you done? <laughs> what have you Rohan. Done? <laughs> so Rohan, uh, he is definitely the protagonist in this story, but he's not the focal character for most of it. Mm, he's definitely like the guy who comes along and is like, oh, so this is what's happened. But oh. he's not. <laughs> just like in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable. <laughs> <laughs> he just comes along and he's like, huh. I guess I'm part of this now. Yeah. All right, sure. <laughs> in a way, his, his role in part four is very similar to his role in all these stories. He's the same guy. He's just there and he's like, oh, something horrible and life-threatening. This is interesting. <laughs> Maybe I can use it for manga. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, Nick, what did you think about this one? Uh, I wasn't lying when I said I thought it was one of the greatest pieces of media I'd ever seen. Yeah, this is spectacular. Uh, it, it, to be honest, I've, I've been incredible. enjoying our time with Castlevania, but it was so refreshing to just get some Hirohiko Araki weirdness up in my grill again. Just to go back to, oh fuck, I guess this is happening now. <laughs> sure, why not? I guess not? that's what this show is about now. <laughs> I think one of the best bits in the entire episode is just when you realise, oh, so we're going to raise the stakes just from zero to a hundred real fucking fast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's so weird. It's so weird. Every like element of it that just builds up, you're like, oh, that's pretty bad. But like, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not that like it builds up naturally. It's like it starts and you're like, oh, when's the bad shit going to happen? And then it unveils itself in like one five second sequence where it's like, oh, oh by the way, the bad shit all has the bad all shit already has happened. happened. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? Okay, sure. Oh, I'm down for this. Hey, I'm Nick. absolutely down for this. Yeah. Shut up for a second. <laughs> okay. I want to share with you some words of wisdom from the author of 
Thus spoke Kishibe Rohan and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Hirohiko Araki. I love that guy. Hirohiko Araki has this to say about this chapter of uh, Thus Spoke Kishibe Rohan in his author's note. I've brought back this type of muscled character that I liked drawing during the 80s through JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm the first to be surprised by this. (laughs) (laughs) He really came back to life, whether I wanted it or not. (laughs) What what does that mean? He really came back to life, whether he he wanted it to or not. He's too powerful. He's too muscular. He's escaped the pages of the books. Run, run. (laughs) Get out before you die from muscles. Yoma Hashimoto. I have the feeling that someone like him really exists somewhere. What a dreadful fellow. (laughs) (laughs) So let me get this right. He wrote it and then went, oh, this guy probably exists. Yeah. Yeah. Hirohika Araki. This guy, he's very real to me. He sucks. Boy, I sure hope he doesn't exist. He probably does. <laughs> but um, this man, this man, the focus, focal character of this story, Yoma Hashimoto, obviously it's got that supernatural element and that Araki weirdness, but it's kind of a story about like toxic masculinity and like... And obsession. Gym, gym obsession. Yeah. It's like when you, when you take the idea of like beauty too far. And the guys you know. who are like too obsessed with their gains or whatever. Mm, exactly. Just like the idea of getting so into something that at some point you should not be that into it. You should be the right amount of into. Lest we forget, um, there are there was a contingent of um, people on a fitness forum in a thread about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure who got very, very angry at Dio when he took Jonathan Joestar's body for stealing his gains. <laughs> uh, lest we forget. Lest we forget Jonathan Joestar's gains. Really? <laughs> The most divine gains that ever were until this episode. God, these gains. Holy shit, Liam. Holy shit. All right, let's talk about this. So we open. Yes. uh, There's a very sort of like, we think it's a very abstract sequence, but we later learn it's entirely entirely literal, where it's like a dark shadowed room and two muscular hands are reaching towards what looks like an air conditioner remote or something like that. Mm, like a plus minus is on it and then it has a big stop button. Yeah. And they're both like, it's doing that thing where they're flowing slowly through the air and like leaving after images. Ah. Oh. So I actually fucking love this because I thought it was going to be really metaphorical and we both know that Araki doesn't do metaphors. <laughs> so when it just turns out to be, oh no, that's actually what's happening. I was like, dude, Yes. I'm so okay with this. I, I had a vague idea of the um the content of this one before watching it, though I hadn't seen it before. We watched it together just now. Because um, I, I know... shaking my head right now. This one came out um, during the tenure of our podcast, which is a rarity uh, uh, in mm-hmm. manga format, that is. Uh, oh, okay. So okay. I remember reading people talking about it during, uh, in the Something Awful JoJo's Bizarre Adventure thread, being like, wow, Rowan Kishibe and the god of fitness. Super weird. <laughs> So I knew I knew that was in store, but I didn't know any of the particulars of what we were gonna gonna encounter. The absolute mania that was this episode. Yeah. And uh, as these two arms are reaching for this remote, um, one of them, which we later learn is Rowan's, like bounces itself off of the um the table that the remote sits on to like get a good angle and grab the remote out from the other one. 
Mm, as if to make it fall down mm. so that it was closer to him. And then yeah. Rohan is sitting like in a very abstract space. Um, he's, there's, there's, he's just surrounded by darkness. He's in got a single spotlight. Weird lighting around the place. Not like bright lighting, but just enough on him. Like a noir detective speaking about his last day on the force before he died. Kind and of he's thing. like, I know it's cool to brag about battle wounds, but I'm not in a good mood for that. <laughs> and he holds up his hand and he's got a cast on one of his hands. Um, that would have been his right hand, I guess, if I remember yes. right. I wonder yeah. if that's his manga drawing hand. Well, don't worry. He still has two fingers to work <laughs> with. Um, so yeah, he he sort of talks about how he's lucky that he only got as damaged as he did. Oh, he does um, recount his injuries in great detail. It was very oh, quick, yeah. so I tried to get it down. I didn't get all of it. But it was a small fracture in the fifth phalanx of his right finger. Uh, and on his ring and middle fingers, the third and fourth metacarpals and something else. Mm, there's nothing worse than getting your metacarpals fucked up by the god of fitness you know what i'm saying <laughs> and then he's staring like you know that gendo akari pose where um you've got your like fingers steepled in front of your face uh oh you mean like in a big l shape but not on your forehead more like under your chin yeah yeah he's kind of doing that a bit uh to best he can with his uh cast on yeah and he's like this is the first time i've ever regretted my actions <laughs> i Almost completely lost it at that. He doesn't regret, you know, becoming so obsessed with the dice game that his house burnt down. Or... <laughs> well, hey, did he say it was the first time he regretted his yes, actions? he said, this is the first time I regret my actions. Now, hang on. We don't know when or what time this is set, and This could be 20 years before he moved to Mario. No, no, he's got that Thus Spoke Shibe Rohan uh, visual design, so it's got to be in, like, 2005 or whenever that takes place. But surely, right, surely, if it's just Thus Spoke Shibe Rohan, if this is, like, before he came to Mario, the tale of what happened, maybe that's why he had to get away. I don't think to it Mario. is. I don't think it is. But you know what? I can't deny that. It's look. This is my reading. This is what I'm doing. This is how I'm gonna roll with it. Uh, because Nick, why else? Why else would he not admit that he regrets almost killing dear sweet precious Koichi with his stand Heaven's Door? Exactly. Exactly. If this is the first thing he's regretted, it can't be. <laughs> it can't be. It cannot be. <laughs> I'm just. I cannot think of a rational way in which he would be like. You know. I don't regret harming Koichi. Like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Nick, I'm just looking at the um, the episode numbers of the Vespoke Shibe Rohans. Um, as, as we talked about so long ago when we did the other two, mm. uh, Millionaire Village and Mutsukabe Hill, uh, we, noted, we noted that they were... <laughs> it was an unusual numbering system. It Didn't it start at, like, 13 and then it went backwards to 11 well, or something? Millionaire Village, which is the first one we watched, is episode 5, and then Mutsukabe mm. Hill, the second one, is episode 2. Yes. This one... Uh, is episode is 9. The Run, yes. Yes. What? Why are they releasing them in such strange orders, do you reckon? I... I could only guess, um... <laughs> I could only guess... <laughs> <laughs> But do you think it's? But I really like it as a sort of like, um, even though they're all entirely separate, like a sort of non-linear storytelling thing. 
Mm, how it's like you get more and more insight into his life, but never the yeah. Point these are that these are all need. distinctly discrete episodes in Ryan Kashibe's weird, weird life. So why why would we release them in a chronological order? Exactly. Rohan is not going to tell you things in a linear order. Why would we present it in a linear order? Mm. Check and mate. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So he talks about how like it was all because of my terrible personality. <laughs> I crossed a line he, that I should not have crossed. Didn't he say he relied too much on other people's personalities as well? He said he was stupid to proudly believe he could read the personalities of others. Ah, Which is of interesting course. because, of course, his power is literally reading others. Mm, yeah, but that's very different to reading personalities, Liam. That's... Ooh, now, ooh, I mean, come on. There's a moment here that I, I was quite intrigued by during the episode, and then having seen the whole thing now, it's even more interesting to me because there's a, like, a sound that could be drumming, could be thumping, running footsteps, and for a moment, Rowan's eyes get wide and he looks around fearfully. <laughs> I didn't really know what it was. Well, now we know Even this, seems we to be a, this seems to be a fear of a threat that he carries with him going into the future. But does that mean that this is why he's so reclusive is because... No, Nick, I, I'm fairly certain this takes place after, um, after Diamond is Unbreakable. Uh, I am and, going and we to know die that, on this bridge. And we know that over the course of that, that, um, that he stops being a recluse. He literally, in the final sequence, opens up his windows. <laughs> That's true. That is true. He does. I guess he's... Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. But what if it came before? <laughs> I was lucky. The only thing that was hurt was my wrist. And then the light fades and it's Rowan sitting in darkness. And he's just like terrified of something, question mark. But we don't know yet. We don't know. I mean, we know. <laughs> we, now we know. Now we know. So we're treated to the um, the Thus Spoke Shibe Rohan opening sequence. Which, of course, is weird as fuck. Yeah, you may recall a lot of ink drops forming into Rorschach-style shapes. Uh, we see, like, a running man. We see some feathers. We see some weird globs going into a human mouth. Oh, I love weird globs. Oh, I oh. love a big, delicious glob. Love Episode glob. 9, The Run. <laughs> The glob man. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just weird. It's just strange. We get the last shot of Rohan at the window and then it all like mm. inks away. So Rohan spoke very quickly here and because it was places I'm not familiar with, I didn't get it all down. But he's basically telling us the commute from Tokyo to Harajuku via Morio. No, no, no. So it's from Morio. Oh, you okay. take you take the Shinkansen down mm -hmm. uh, to Tokyo. Oh, okay. And then you no to S no you go from Mario to S City. You take the bus. Is there is S no City real? Uh, look, I could fact check that right now because, because for the in, first time in a, in a lot of anime and stuff, I mm -hmm. hear people like talking about like S City or F Prefecture. And I wonder if, if, might... if, if that's an, if that's a convention for fictional cities in Japan or if. If it's real. It's either it's either going to be the convention for city naming or it's going to be like a very convenient nondescript form of naming that they can get away with, surely. Yeah, it'd, it'd surely. be like the equivalent of like Metropolis or whatever. Exactly, or Gotham City, you know? Yeah. Just like that weird place over there that's like, is that New York? They're like, no, 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 it's Gotham City. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Um, but you, you take the bus to S-City, uh, which is the neighbouring city to Morio, and then you get the Shinkansen down to Tokyo, I think is what he said, and then you get, like, a bus or something over to this other place. Harajuku. Where, where are we going? Harajuku. Yeah, um, so, so this story takes place, or begins in Harajuku, where mm. a young man is hanging out, not doing anything. 
He just and he's just standing on the street. He looks like the protagonist of Persona Four, but ah, he has the fool. Sure, but he <laughs> has like batarangs in his hair. Do, do you have any idea what those are? Do you understand what they could possibly be? <laughs> Little batarangs. But like, does he just not wash his hair? Or Nick, it's Araki. It could be anything from hair, from like an elaborate series of hair clips to mm. just a thing that he's got going on. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's just every time I saw them, I just went, "But what are they? Like, what? It's uh, I don't understand." So he's like got a grey beetle cut, and he's just hanging out. And then this this small woman in like a big red power suit comes up and is like hi i work for a modeling agency you should come work for me you have a small face is that what she said yeah she literally just goes yeah you've got a pretty small face do you want to be a model like, <laughs> what what <laughs> it's pretty fucking great and then he became a model sounds like someone in the vicinity of my apartment is playing a guitar so sorry if that's getting picked up or if it's nice you're welcome Oh, what song are they playing? I'm actually genuinely curious for our listeners. I don't know. But if you can't hear it, that's probably a good sign. God damn it. Oh, we'll never know. Oh, well. It could be worse. You know, like uh, around 10 when we were scheduled to start our our Discord call, church bells were ringing for some reason. Oh, no. So he started being a model. He even got paid for a minor role in the movie. And he even saw Shuen Hayu on set. From a distance. Nick, do you know who that is? Uh, someone that's made up for the purposes of this episode. That's also a good guess. <laughs> is she like an idol or something? I assumed it was a he. Is it like a male idol or something? Well, Nick, my Google search has returned no relevant results. Excellent. <laughs> so you might it's... be right with your guess. I am currently like fist bumping the air right now. For you have no co-host with which to fist bump. Exactly. And also we never fist bump and I can get away with it now. <laughs> we didn't know how well off we had it. We could have been fist bumping all day, every day. Oh, uh, the shame. But yeah, he worked as a movie star and then he stopped working in a movie, but he continued modelling? I think, you know, he was a model by profession, but he happened to get a small role on a movie through his agent as part of that. Um, Mm. His producer said, The theme with models and stars is they must emit a certain aura from their presence. A beautiful pose matters more than talent. (laughs) And then the narrator informs us that's when... Oh, what's his friggin' name? Uh, Oh, Yudma or whatever his name is. Yeah, that's when Yoma... Hashimoto Yoma had the best day of his life. And he says that, and I'm still not entirely sure what he's referring to. <laughs> because what we well, see what? is Yoma doing his like first workout at the gym. Uh, he's got a personal trainer. He's doing well. He's doing a um, bit of treadmill, a bit of, bit of pull-up bars. His PT talk, talks him through some bench presses. And then he's admiring it. Is, is him admiring himself in the mirror the best day of his life? I guess. He's swole. I guess maybe he's decide like he's actually finally decided that this is what he's about. He's gonna totally one hundred percent commit. Yeah, he to found having... he found his new purpose. No exactly. longer will he hang out just randomly in Harajuku and get modeling exactly. jobs. He's going to one hundred percent dedicate his life to this endeavor. To sculpting the temple that is his body. What a shame. <laughs> so just... many people would have been would have been better off if he had never trialled that gym membership. (laughs) You know, every single gym membership that you get offered at the start of the year, stay away, listener. For you too might find a dark potential within your muscles. (laughs) 
You might become a god among men. Don't listen to that dark purpose inside <laughs> of you. Um, just circling back quickly, um, when he was on the treadmill, there was a quick shot of Rowan in the Rohan in the background, also on a treadmill. Ah, God. I just love that you see him just in the distance. And it's like, oh, he's there. He's not our protagonist, but he's there. I quite like that. Protagonist it's adjacent. A, it's not exactly subtle because he's Rohan and he's wearing his big Rohan outfits and he's like, well, I mean, he's, he's, he's impossible not to notice, but I, I like it as, like, I suppose, the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure equivalent of subtlety. Yeah. I just love that everyone else is literally a silhouette. Like, I think there's only been, what, four non-silhouette characters that we've encountered, which is Rohan. Let's count them off. Rohan. Rohan. Yuma. Uh, the model agency lady who was mm -hmm. all like, you've got a small face. Uh, yep. and, and the PT. And the PT. Which Everyone stands, else... of course, for playable teaser. Oh, I, you're really cut up about these rumours, aren't you? <laughs> what rumours? <laughs> that PT might be coming back. Oh, too there scary for me. Yeah. Um, Did you see that thing? Someone hacked the camera in PT to figure out when the ghost is behind you. And it turns out the ghost is always behind you. Yes. Scary. I love it. Oh. Um, so everyone else is like this big grey silhouette, uh, which I yeah. love. It's both so a stylistic much. thing because they're not important to the story, and I'm sure also saved on the animation budget. <laughs> exactly, which I'm sure got blown in the last third <laughs> oh, of the yes, episode. Oh, yes. Holy fuck. Yoma's at home, but he's not at home. He's at his girlfriend's apartment. Ah, oh, which on. is no, technically... I, I must circle back before the apartment because yeah. the personal trainer... Had a very interesting personal training style. Oh yeah, that's right. So he's doing the um, he's doing the th he's on the machine where you like um, if you like make a classic bicep flexing pose with your hands and then move them in front of your face. He's doing that machine. I can't remember what that's called. Uh, I believe they're called uh, classic bicep making machine moves. You know what I mean, though, right? Yeah, that bit in Rocky where he's at the gym and he's all like, pull it in. Yeah. I don't know which Rocky, but one of them. <laughs> sure. Uh, and the guy is counting down like you've got three to go. There we go. Three, two, two to go. Oh, two more. Two. You're still on two as he's like been doing multiple ones. And then one. Okay, and now the last one. Very good. You did very good today. And then he says, my way of training is lying to you. Now, there are so many ways to interpret this. <laughs> Uh, I, I, like, I know. Do he's, you want to give it a go? What, what what he means is he is um he's like lying about his count so that he can get squeeze a few more reps out of him, which you know I'm sure I would find that quite frustrating, but it's not a terrible way to motivate people. Like if they think the last one is the if they think this one is the last one, they'll they'll get through it. Yeah, but the problem is. If you then tell them my way of teaching you is lying to you, they'll never trust you Where's again. Where's the trust? Can't have a relationship Where... that isn't built on trust. Exactly. As we learn later in the episode with you, Miss Girlfriend. Speaking of which, he, she is making him a nice delicious dish of spaghetti and haddock. Oh, love spaghetti and haddock. Hey, Liam. But then she trips on all weight. What? What's haddock? It's a fish. Is it? Yeah. Oh. I think it's a freshwater fish, but I could be mistaken. Ah. Fish pasta. I like it. <laughs> she trips on her weight and, oh, he's jumping rope in the apartment. Wow, I sure am impressed with your body, she says. You look like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. At this point, both of us just kind of went, oh, no. Nick, what is Fight Club? Fight Club is originally a book, but then made into a movie starring uh, Edward Norton and Brad Pitt. Wow. Uh, it's about a man named uh, Robert Paulson. <laughs> 
I think no, he doesn't uh, have a name. No, well, the narrator guy technically doesn't, but we realise later, spoiler alert for a 20-year-old film, probably <gasps> longer now, uh, Tyler Durden, <gasps> who is a guy the narrator, like, meets on a plane, being all like, man, society's fucked, isn't it? We should just fuck society. Uh, he is a split personality of himself. So really, the main character is... Tyler Dead. Oh. In a sense. Yeah. The problem is the movie basically starts off with we should get back to our caveman roots because and reject like modern masculinity standards. I'm gonna punch you in the head. I've never been in a fight. And then they find catharsis through hitting each other. Then they start a fight club so other men who feel like oppressed or like uh emasculated can get back in touch with themselves. But then they and also then, get radicalized, um, don't they? <laughs> yeah, then they get roped into the next logical step of that. Because it'd be fine if it was like, in your free time, you punch each other. Sure, whatever. That's not healthy, I guess. But it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. And then they turn it into a small terrorist cell that uh, is going to uh, blow up all the banks, reset all debt to zero. Now you're speaking my language. (laughs) And uh, destroy societies we know it and rebuild anarchy from the ground up. And that's basically the film's uh, thesis, is that maybe it's fine to, you know, reject masculinity at first, but then if you just take it too far, it's still a problem. It's still always a problem. It's like... Nick, I've heard anecdotally yeah. that the um, the author of Fight Club intended it as a critique of, of those sort of like masculinity ideas, but then upon yeah, seeing think... the film adaptation was like, oh, you know what, I'm actually into this. Well, he likes the film more because he thinks it does a better job with the material, I think he said. Where, like, it's like Fight Club and American Psycho are both, like, the same idea. Here we go. Nick rants about film. Here we go. (laughs) Welcome to Nick's Cinema Corner. So Fight Club is, like, all about, yeah, I'm going to get back in touch with my masculinity. I'm going to fucking fight someone. And then you keep following that route and you're like, this is not... This is not a a healthy state of affairs, is it? American Psycho starts off at that point where you're like, hello, I know who I'm at. I know who I am. I know what I'm about. I'm Tyler Durden. So Patrick Bateman, the titular character of American Psycho, is all like, I know what I'm about. I love murdering people. I love doing shit. There's no purpose in the world. I'm going to do what I want. And it's like, cool. Why is this so weirdly disturbing in the film? And yet it was intended as a black comedy. Maybe it cuts a bit too close to the bone. Um, But it's like both of those, I think both authors were like, yeah, the movie's better. Just because in both of them, they like straddle that line where like the next logical step that follows is just like, we should start a terrorist cell. Or, oh, I actually learned nothing from this. And Nick, the end. And Nick, to continue this theme, this, this yes. surprisingly lengthy digression and surprisingly irrelevant digression, yes. uh, but that's nothing new, is Starship <laughs> Troopers the one that people missed the satire oh. in? Uh, the one that's just like, we're the bad guys. It's meant to be a big critique of fascism, yeah. but a lot of people watch it and are just like, oh yeah, let's go fuck up some whatever. Some alien planets. Yeah. Uh, yes. Starship Troopers is all about, there are these aliens that are invading us. And it's like, but we just wanted to colonize their planet. Those fuckheads. And now they're trying to fight back. And it's like, yeah, are are we the bad guys? Is war bad? War seems bad. War's, I don't know. I feel, I'm getting a weird vibe from this film that maybe war's good. And it's like, really all about, like, war is bad. We're the bad guys doing the war, but how you frame it makes it out so that we're the good guys. It's the aliens that are bad. They're the and ba- Nick, see? 
And it has this relate to the um, seminal work of modern 20th century literature, Gremlins 2, The New Batch. So Gremlins is a film about uh, what happens when you don't follow clear instructions. Uh, I think it's the... Is Gremlins 2 the one where the Gremlins start reproducing? No, that happens in Gremlins 1 too, because okay, of course... Right. Gremlins 2 is the one where it, it takes place in some sort of science tower uh, and there's like different gimmick Gremlins, like the electricity Gremlin and the spider Gremlin. Quick shout out, the re- main reason that I took this digression <laughs> is a quick shout out to the Twitter account um, Institute of Gremlins 2 Studies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who um, I'll, I'll read their, tw- their pinned tweet to summarise the um, <laughs> their, uh, <laughs> this digression <laughs> yep many of the jokes in Gremlins 2 are imperceptible to the modern viewer the cooking cable channel is no longer satire because it really exists we're heading towards a future where the film is increasingly inseparable from reality I call this process hyper gremlinization <laughs> amazing Oh my god. And so now you, you know the rest of the story. So what you're saying is all the references I pulled out over the last ten or so minutes... Well, it's like how um, in season um, four of Arrested Development, the big joke was that um, over the course of the season, um, the Lindsay Bluth, the character who um, ineffectually played at being like a... Um, leftist protester but was still a member of a very rich and wealthy and spoiled family yeah, um, yeah. acknowledges her roots and becomes a conservative political camp candidate uh, <laughs> and her big slogan was the patently ridiculous at the time campaign promise that they would build a wall between the US and Mexico Ah, so uh, so we're living in hyper gremlinized became times real. so Arrested Development season 4 has been hyper gremlinized hmm <laughs> Very what, concerning. What I hope will never be hyper-gremlinized is Thus Spoke Shibe Rohan, Episode 9, The Run. <laughs> Which, by the way, is a work of art. Nick, I was working out in my apartment this morning. Will I become a avatar of Hermes? Uh, yes. Maybe. Great. Look, as I As long can't... as I'm swole, I'll be happy. I can't rule out the possibility that you'll become so swole so swole, you'll be able to lift a whole boulder. I can, I cannot. Oh, you like, mean this rock? Oh my, Wh- why are you doing this? <laughs> we have fun here. Well, in two distinct locations. We have fun here. Yeah, we have fun here, plurals. Um, so anyway. Spaghetti with haddock. Yeah, we got, we got the haddock and the mm-hmm. dude is on like a skip rope kind of thing. And she's all, oh, if you got the lead in a detective movie, I'd be so happy. And he's all like, yeah. Yeah. What is this? What is this trash you have made me? I cannot eat spaghetti with haddock. I can't eat carbs or fats. I'm paleo now. What? But I I put so much love and tender effort into this. Why would you reject it so quickly? So he hands her a list of the things that he can eat. Um, I saw boiled chicken. I saw scrambled egg whites. And then the third mm. thing was something really long. It started with seaweed and ended in tomato sauce, but I didn't get it at all. Oh, that, there's a lot. There's a lot <laughs> yeah. there to like unpack, basically. And she's and like, it's... you want me to make this now? But we wanted to go to karaoke later. And he's yeah, all... Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that at all. Got, got a 10k run tomorrow. Go to sleep. And she's all like, but... Uh, okay, alright. Hey, where's my money gone? Did you take money from my wallet? Oh Why yeah, there was a heap that? of protein going cheap at the gym, and it was cheaper than the haddock. So I bought it. I'll return it tomorrow. Uh, okay, hang on. There's a I delivery. I have to go take a gym. shower and relax, he says. Can you go? And she says, but this is my house. Hmm, I guess you're correct. And then there's a ring at the doorbell, which... 
I love because... Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. And his eyes just suddenly go like very tight. And he's like, this guy. He why, why do you love it? Because like, you just see like uh, in, I think like the right hand side of the frame, his face is there, right? Mm-hmm. And he looks pretty like tired maybe kind of and then first ding dong happens not a whole lot second ding dong we start panning and his <laughs> eyes just start turning evil and you're like he's so angry what? he's so angry he answers the door so, and he's like don't ring the door three times i told you last time stop delivering at night and the guy is like trying to speak uh, if and, you, uh, he says if you wake me with the bell i'll kill you and so then the guy's like uh I, I have this package for the house and the girlfriend's all like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm really yeah, and sorry. He leaves Just... and we hear a lot of slamming doors and the shower starts. And then a shower starts. Some time passes and we, then Rohan is the narrator again. Well, he probably was all... the whole time. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's all like, so then one day I met this guy yeah. at the it gym. It all started with a conversation at the gym. Just something like, uh, oh, you know, you only start burning fat after 15 minutes on the treadmill, so you should do 20 minutes or more. And then we see them working out together. And uh, they're both running on treadmills, right? Mm -hmm. One right next to the other. That's nice. Mm, gym buddies, become... like what always happens in movies, but never happens in real life, I assume. <laughs> Yeah, this is what happens, and uh, it's very plot important that we have two treadmills right next to each other. I think that right could never happen in this day and age. No, I'd, look, if I had a treadmill within two metres of me that was adjacent to another treadmill two metres of me, I'd, there'd be riots, Liam. There would be fucking riots. My old apartment complex had two treadmills next to each other. Did you burn it down? <laughs> no, you can't prove anything. <laughs> I'm just saying off the record, you're a good man. You've done. God's and then work. they're on the bench press machine, or maybe the shoulder press machine. It doesn't matter. They've got bar, but they've got barbells, and, uh, the, and they're like doing mad lifts. Yeah, and the personal trainer is, and he's like, "Wow, Rowan, Rohan, you can lift a lot of weight." And uh, he doesn't say a word. Rohan just keeps on lifting. And then uh, y Yoma is that his name? Yoma. Yuma. Y Yuma. Yeah, Yoma probably. is there, and yeah. <laughs> his eyes narrow, and he looks askance at Rohan, and then he starts lifting, and this this um like sort of like hip hop techno track kicks in with the word go, and he starts pumping harder, and, and then Rohan pumping, sees this, and Rohan, as we know, is is cantankerous and competitive by nature, and he's like, let's go. And then he starts pumping harder. Wow, good rhythm. And they're both too good at it. And the trainer is getting unnerved. And there's a digital <laughs> like, screen counting their reps. And he's like, wow, you, you guys are really putting in a lot of effort here. I, I guess I don't need to be here anymore. <laughs> oh, uh, I, okay. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, and and then they each, they each smash out 50 reps. And, uh... They slam. Yep. Rohan they... won. He stands up and he's like, oh, to tell you the truth, I was just playing. And he walks off. Oh, nothing personal, kid. And the kid's like, you fucking bastard, man. He pushes down his frustration. He turns to the trainer and is like, hey. Okay, so he asks him, should I be inhaling or exhaling? <laughs> now, you should be doing both, young man, pretty regularly. Uh, yeah. Does it? <laughs> no, wait. This is a thing that I have heard is that you should not exhale when you lift a weight. And I don't know if that's a real thing. Like if you're only meant to inhale when you lift something. Mm, what I've always been told to do in my fitness classes is to, in the motion that is working against gravity, exhale. In the motion working against gravity, exhale. Uh, oh, oh, hang on. 
I've got some weights here. In fact, I'll just use my phone. <laughs> let me just let me just check this, right? Real quick, real quick likes. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that worked. Hi, um, welcome to JoJo's World Fitness Tendency, the only JoJo's Bizarre Adventure <laughs> slash workout podcast. Today, we're talking about breath control phones. and let's all just do a quick 10 bicep curls. Okay, one. <sighs> Two. Two. Oh, this is too much for me, Liam. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I haven't done weights in Nick, weeks. you've got to embrace your inner Hermes. I really do. <laughs> I know um, there's there's a guy at work who keeps talking about how many like weights he does. And he's not at all like, you know, muscle bound motherfucker. But it's still like this weedy kid is doing more weights than me. <laughs> Nick, I'm and a then, guy who likes to do, do a workout session, but there's nothing that I can, can't stand more than the person who talks about their workout routine too much. Well, the thing is, this kid, right, he's like, oh, you know, I go to the gym sometimes, and that's as far as he takes it. And then one day he had five cups of coffee, <laughs> and he was like, so, uh, so, uh, uh, look, how about, how about, how about, how about, I just, uh, see how many, uh, uh, push-ups I can do. And I was like, dude, you are the skinniest motherfucker I've ever seen. You're not going to do that many push-ups. And he just, he just started doing push-ups just right there in front of me. And in he got to like, yeah, in the office, in his work clothing. That's unusual. And I was like, well, he was like, he's young and he's great. I love him. Uh, but he just started doing these push-ups and he started doing them. We were like, I guess we'll go back to work. Start <laughs> going back to work. Something like 10, maybe 15 minutes pass. I look back and he's still doing push-ups. And he had some cocaine like, or something. No, he had five fucking cups of coffee. He was just like so energetic. Yeah. Any, anyway, um, and the personal trainer is like, oh, sorry, this guy has a reservation. I've got to deal with him now. He He's paid but, for my attention. And and um, Yom, Yoma's eyes are drawn to a uh, to a, a poster being like, 30 days of personal training for 2,700 yen. No one thought, knows how much money that is. I thought it was 270,000. Oh, what did I say? You said 2,700 yen. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you were right. Yeah, because 2,700 be the dollar amount. I guess. I don't, know. I don't know. It's a fake money. It's fine. <laughs> and then we see he's having the personal training sessions. He's doing sit-ups. He's eating boiled oh. eggs. His girlfriend looks concerned. And he's doing a morning jog. And we see sort of the faintest impression of a sinister presence behind him. Ooh, what could it mean, Liam? Ooh, what what it does mean? it mean? The girlfriend doesn't like that he's doing the jump rope. On the wooden floor. Yeah, you're damaging the ground. Stop. And she reaches out and the fast rope stings her fingers. And he just goes, hmm, that was dangerous. He shouldn't have done that. Which we know is a very healthy relationship <laughs> dynamic to have. He's on the treadmill. He's swole. He's breathing. Uh, and then In, he's out. on wall climbing handholds at his girlfriend's house. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm block, block climb, Mika-chan. And uh, he looks like a weird upside-down spider from yeah. Japanese horror films. He looks like a Japanese girl ghost on the ceiling. Uh, and everyone is like, is this bad? I'm Except concerned. Him. Except him. And Mika is quite rightly like, hey, you covered my apartment in wall climb blocks and also put one over the AC control. You've covered the air conditioning with cement. And what he's like, oh, fuck? I guess we don't need it anymore. I could put a pull-up machine here. And she's like, oh, just fucking leave. Just Did get you take my credit card? And he's like, oh, probably. I know what your password is, right? It's your ex-boyfriend's birthday. Get out. Get out of here. So, so what, what, what's implied here, but never explicitly stated, is that he's, he's no Breaking longer doing any modelling yeah. work or anything. 
He's just oh. working out, and that's why he's taking her money. Oh, I get it now. That's my interpretation of it. Yeah, that mean, I thought he was just breaking up with her. I mean, he, he's also just become awful. But... Yes, yes. <laughs> if, if there's one thing Hirohika Araki does really well, it's provide examples of what not to do in relationships. Yes. Don't Step... p- pull out the insides of a spider and lick it in front of your significant other. Uh, don't be a vampire. And don't yep. work out to the exclusion of all else. Un- well, hang on. Hold on a minute. Unless it's like just to flex in front of the lady that you're also working out with, maybe? Wait, is Rohan the lady in this context? I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to roll with it. So she's all, get out or I'll call the police. And he's like, I will leave. And then he opens the window and climbs down the <laughs> the wall climb blocks that he's put all the way down the exterior of the building. And she's like, you're insane. This you're is a rented apartment. Insane. I'm going to lose my deposit. Oh my God, what an asshole! And then, now we are, Rohan treats us to the concept of the climax of this episode. Hang on, let me just set the scene, right? We fade in. Two treadmills, blank. both alike in dignity. Sorry, Very close to one another. To <laughs> um, so there's these two treadmills, and he's like, in the gym, there are two treadmills. Normally, the fastest runner on the world, on the world? The fastest runner in the world, Usain Bolt, would be able to make 35 to 37 miles per hour. Kilometers. Sorry, kilometers an hour. That's way too fast for me. So I I'm go just up a to manga 25. <laughs> yeah, he goes up to 25. Yeah, That's the, great. And the machines go up to 25. That's their maximum speed. A reasonable speed for some reasonably fit JoJo's characters. That's insane in my eyes. I yeah, had that, to try, that is fast. Yeah, I had to try and um, go on a treadmill for a science experiment. And by the time I got to like eight kilometers an hour, I was like, this is, this is too much. Just Let me, I'm just trying to doing some maths. I normally average around four and a half to five kilometers. No, sorry. Four and a half to five minutes a kilometer. So uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. what is that over an hour? You know what? Let's, let's bring up uh, Excel. Okay. Hang on. Let's, let's just type this out. All right. So you, you managed to do, hang on, four to five minutes per kilometer. Uh, so therefore you would want one on that. Uh, because one divided by the thing makes you would get 0.2 hours per kilometer. What? That's not right. Yep. Glad I could help. Hang on. I just told you I do a kilometer in four to five minutes. Oh, a kilometer in five minutes. Four to five minutes. Okay. So you get five minutes per kilometer. So that's uh, mins per kilometer, which means. Moody. <laughs> This must be thrilling television. <laughs> no, that's not right. That's point two hundred meters a minute makes sense to me. That makes good sense. Let me break it down for you, Liam. This is math. Sure. You can run 222.22 recurring meters per minute. Yeah? Let me just check. You do 222 kilometers in a minute. (laughs) I'm super fast. I'm Sonic, the god of speed. (laughs) So you do 222 meters per minute will be 13.33 kilometers an hour. Wow, they are fast. They are very fast. When I got up to eight, I was already haggard. They're doing like double U on average. Yeah. Now and he's a mangaka. I, 
All I have to say to this, Liam, is fucking lift your game. <laughs> Become Rohan. Although, to be fair, I'm probably also going for much longer than they are. I guess? Yeah, that... Well, yeah, because they only go for 25 kilometres. Well, they go until the treadmill hits 25 kilometres, which we don't know how long that is. Uh, Wait, hang on a minute. The, the, treadmill treadmill is, the treadmill is slowly speeding up until it hits 25 oh, kilometres an hour. Oh, I see. We lack the necessary information to make That's any true. further. Well, yeah. Nick, this was all pointless. <laughs> Moving on. Please make sure that you uh, fade in and fade out of that bit. <laughs> or do you want me to make, like, a very quick, like, 80s, like, montage music? Yeah, if, if you can throw that together by tomorrow. Okay, sick. We'll see. All right. <laughs> so, um, yes. <laughs> to back to back. the actual podcast <laughs> that we are doing. The machines have a max speed of 25 kilometers per hour. It's insane. Yes. Uh, so they, I think they start running and they decide, oh, let's have a little friendly contest. And this is the second time they've done this. The first time is that sequence we saw represented pretty abstractly in the first scenes of this episode with the two hands. Mm. Uh, there Where are two machines, hung. but one control, one remote control between them. So when they hit twenty, they run till they hit twenty-five kilometers per hour, and then they do a a rapid uh, dash for the remote. Yeah, and whoever gets it first hits the stop button, and, and they wins. Win. Uh, Rohan was the first one to do it this time because he hit the table, which means it fell into his hand ever so mm-hmm. slightly. And Very Yoma, smart. Yoma has been harboring a lot of secret resentment about that. I, one thing I want to highlight is when Rohan was explaining the way the treadmills and the game works, um, it cut to a sort of like game um, UI screen. Yes, which was great. It's like in the top right hand corner, it has like the win counters, like in a fighting game. And Rohan had already won one. And I was like, that's a nice touch. Oh, I missed that. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and also, I believe, I saw a tweet about this, I haven't double-checked it for myself, but I believe the UI design on this is inspired by the um, SNES-era JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fighting game, uh, JJBA Heritage for the Future. Yes! <laughs> that is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, that rules. That is some good trivia. And there were, like, speed meters that looked like health bars and things like that. Oh, man. So good. So good. I wish that game actually existed. It does. In real life. Oh, you mean the running one? Yes. Just so <laughs> I would be motivated to do any running. <laughs> well, Nick, if you want to get two adjacent treadmills, uh, 1.5 <laughs> meters apart. No, because we know how this ends and it's terrible. Oh, I kill you. Oh, no. Um, so they decide to have a rematch or rather... What's his face? Yuma is like, no, we're having a rematch. I'm trying to win. Rohan is a little bit hesitant. He's like, hey, is there a staff member watching us right now? Cut to the staff member who's like, he hired me to be his trainer, but he didn't come. I haven't seen him in like three days. Just PT things, I guess. Yeah. Uh, And then Rohan's like, hang on, you're not one of those like obsessive kind of guys, are you? I know people. I can read people. You're not like, you know, gonna kill me well before he gets that concerned like they've, they've started running and he's just making small talk he's like so you're a model right how's the job going and the guy's like focus on running rowan the game is on Rohan. <laughs> oh man he's and really into it uh, i will beat you completely kashibe rohan and then he takes his shirt off it's so good in like one of those sweet yakuza back tattoo moments but just revealing his whole form well he does um joseph joestar's signature move which is in times of strife taking off your shirt (laughs) (laughs) too real too real he takes it off and rohan immediately is like what 
the fuck is up with his muscles? Did he always look like that? Hashimoto Yoma, he's 21 years old. Look at his sides. How did he train his major serratuses like that? So bulky. He's got everything. He's got muscles. He's got physique. He's got form. 18 kilometers per hour. His muscles start deforming and like turning into wing shapes. And he just goes, that's not a great sign. (laughs) I might be a bit in over my head here. Very much up. 19 kilometers per hour. Yoma's like, last time Rohan tapped the table, which put him in a favorable position. But this time, I shall be the victor. This time, the rematch shall be unambiguous. And Rohan's like, hey, this is just a game we're having, right? And the guy's uh, like, yeah, a game. It's just a game. Nothing, <laughs> nothing else but games have to be fair. And it has and to then- be carried out fairly. And then he turns around on the treadmill, so he's running backwards. Yeah. And Rohan's like, why would he do this? Why is he running backwards? Has he lost his mind? Why he is doing this is so he can grab a 20 kilogram dumbbell and throw it through the window. Uh, The window shatters in what can only be described as some of the best animation I've ever seen. And Uh, and because they're in a big, like, sky-rise gym, there's a significant drop awaiting the loser should he lose control of his legs on the very fast treadmill. uh, And so Rohan's like, Uh, hey, so what are you doing? This is our rematch, and there must be justice, for without justice you cannot grow. Whoever takes control will win absolute victory. Uh, so are you trying to kill us, or is this, like, still a game? Are we are we just playing for fun? Rohan is understandably a little perturbed by this. Yeah. And he goes to grab the control to sort of, like, put a stop to this game getting out of hand. And then the guy reaches over to his hand and snaps three of his five fingers. Yep. And he's just, Rohan is like, Jesus fucking Christ. And Yuma's like, yes, I've still left two of your fingers intact, but we are playing this to the end. Fuck It is too early to exit the game, Rohan. You must reach 25 kilometers. Who will be fast enough? I think I shall be fast enough. But do not hold a grudge for rematches define our competencies. And it's just like, uh, I think I know what's up, but I also don't at all. At this point, pages open up on Yoma's arm because Rohan has had enough. And he's like, well, that's not a good sign because you've murdered people? Yep, we see on the pages on the guy's arm that he killed his girlfriend and hid her body in the walls of the apartment. And he mm-hmm. was like, although I didn't get the notes on what happened to them, he also killed the um, the delivery man who rang three times and the other personal trainer client who was distracting the trainer from Yoma. Which is fucking terrifying. <laughs> yep. 23 kilometers. He's so fast. Rohan is so scared. And we see, again, that sort of weird presence behind the guy. His muscles have pretty much all become perfection and also body horror-esque nonsense. Yeah. Meanwhile, Uh, Rohan is like clenching his teeth and we see the wind on his face, even though they're running in place. I just, I love this segment because it's like the implication that there's a gust blowing behind them, thus sucking the air out. But the amount of wind yeah. deforming their faces. It's like um, like on a TV show when uh, someone opens the, the door on an aeroplane. And it's just like, Aah! there's just a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, and it's fucking amazing. <laughs> 
24.9 kilometers per hour. 25 kilometers per hour. They did it. Reach. They're grabbing. They're grabbing. They're grabbing. Yoma gets it. He's won. <gasps> you fool. I was the victor. I was the chosen one. I always knew Rogan's I'd like, win. I tried to get control, but your movements are too beautiful and fast. This is your victory. But whatever. Heaven's door. Uh, and then he basically writes in, I will turn on... Oh, turn off Rohan Kashibe's treadmill. And he does. He points at Rohan's machine. Rohan's machine stops and Yoma flies backwards out the window. But as his face like crests the bottom of the floor, his cold eyes lock on Rohan. And he's like, you, you Rohan collapses this. on his off treadmill, totally exhausted. And then... Yuma seems to just vanish. Everything really slows down now when Ryan's narration chimes in as uh, as he like he looks out at the broken window, but he doesn't approach the edge. Uh, he wishes to refrain from looking yeah. out the window. Which I'm sure for Rohan Kashibe, the man who was curious above all other things, whose curiosity got him killed in a Groundhog Day scenario at least once, um, mm. Mm. would have been a Herculean uh, or a, a Hermesian even uh, act of effort. Yeah, so he, he sort of exposits, I know what that guy was. He yeah. was Hermes. He's I won't an avatar look. of the gods. I'm sure he's not there anymore. He's likely hanging on the side of the wall by now. Mm. I've got to get out of here. I'm sure if I did look, he would definitely kill me. But if I leave now, maybe I have a chance. And then uh, we get a very close-up shot of the exit sign with the man running with the arrow. And then we get a, the end arrow. Yeah. Oh, just a bit more from his final monologue there. So he talks oh. about how he did notice those muscles forming wings and that's a symbol of the Greek god Hermes. This man must be an avatar, uh, a man possessed by the god of muscles, which had many names, but in Greece they called him Hermes. Nick, it is time for a revived segment <gasps> on Jojo's world. Oh my God. Yay. <laughs> Tell me more about Hermes, the Greek god of running and shit. <laughs> Well, Hermes um, was a deity in, in Greek mythology, considered the herald of the gods and the protector of human heralds, travellers, thieves, merchants and orators. I have a question. Yeah? What is a herald? A herald would be like someone who comes ahead of an important person or a nobleman to literally herald their arrival. Oh, I see. So he would come before and be all like, gods are coming. Pretty much, yeah, I'm pretty, I, I believe. Right. His abilities include moving freely between the worlds of the mortal and the divine because of his winged sandals. Oh, I remember these. He was also a, um, a psychopomp or like an afterlife guide who would uh, <laughs> conduct souls into... I'm sorry, whoa, 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 slow down. Mm -hmm. He was a psychopomp. Yeah, that's, that's a technical term. That's a technical term? Yeah, for, for a being or, um, or spirit that guides souls to the afterlife. Oh my God, okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> His attributes and symbols include uh, the rooster, the tortoise, the satchel or pouch, winged sandals and a winged cap, as well as the palm tree, goat, the number four, several kinds of fish and incense. Yeah. Oh, but this is interesting. His main symbol is the, um, I believe it's pronounced caduceus, possibly caduceus, uh, which is the, um, the uh, staff in time with two snakes. Yes. Which is the medicine symbol. Yep. Yep. Dope. Excellent. Mm -hmm. That's what uh that's what he was holding. The little staff thing in the background. He was holding that. Who? Oh, the um the, the presents. Yeah. I the missed presents. that. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Mm. His um parents are Zeus and Maya. Oh, 
Zeus getting around all the time. Yep. Now, uh, was it Hermes who used the mirrored shield to cut off the head of Medusa, or what did he give his sandals to the person who went on to do that? Um, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know. You're the one running the corner. <laughs> That's fair enough. You you hold the corner, sir. Oh, um, he gave um a sword of gold along with some other kit to Perseus to kill Medusa. Ah, Perseus. What a guy. Killing Medusa. Um, Someone had to do it. <laughs> she had the audacity to believe she was beautiful, so she was cursed into being a horrible monster. This this is a very, like, gaslighting thing. It's like, oh, you think you're beautiful, huh? Well, the Greek yeah. gods were awful people. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, weren't they meant to represent all of humans' failings or something? Well, yeah, they weren't um, They weren't gods in what I suppose we would consider, like, the Judeo-Christian sense, mm. you know, where it's like a perfect ultimate being. They were just powerful and often whimsical creatures. Assholes. Yeah, you know, like Zeus mm. would fuck anything with two to four legs, so... Well, what about... Oh, no, he didn't fuck the Hydra. Never mind, never mind. <laughs> That we know of. Oh, God. But yeah, there you go. Hermes. Hermes. He's got mad fucking gains. He has the most gains. <laughs> oh, so beautiful. And then Rohan leaves. End and of he, he's going to spend the rest of his life looking over his shoulder. Because there's Hermes coming for him. <laughs> yep. Oh, what man. a sociopath. What a madman. Wait, are you talking about Rohan or are you talking about... Uh... Both, I think. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, Nick, so what are our highlights and lowlights for Thus Spoke Kashibe Rohan episode 9, The Run? Oh, I think my highlight just has to be the treadmill battle in concept is like already. <laughs> it's kind of like, all right, you're. It's like the train battle, right? You tell someone, they go. <laughs> Speak on that. What? Like, you, you tell someone, oh, yeah, there's there's this train battle. And it's like, okay, why are you so hype about a train battle? It's like, dude, dude. The train battle is really good. You're like, right, okay, sure, the train battle's really good, whatever. And then you watch the train battle and you just go, holy fuck, the train battle. Oh, I'm right there with you. This is like the treadmill battle is that, but on a different level of weird where you go... Yeah, yeah. It's some, it's some classic Hiroika Araki storytelling where it's something that sounds quite mundane when you, when you break it down to its core concept, but through like both like a ridiculous escalation of the events, but also just like some really stylistic storytelling, it becomes something quite special. And like all of the effects are top notch, all of the, uh, the like cutaways to their faces where it's like, like just like all the wind is blowing on them or they're looking at one another and instead of like just having the subtitles, it's like a full close-up of their face in their own frame. <laughs> and you're like, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I've got to give my highlight to that one moment with the um, the video game UI because that is it was just such an unnecessary touch and I really appreciate them going above oh, and beyond like that. It was, so it was posi positively sort of a, like Metal Gearian in its sensibilities. Mm, it's so good. So good. What about low your lowlights? Hmm. Hmm. There's I mean, not wanna... really much I have to criticise here. Um... I want to say that my low light will probably just have to be the... Hmm, just the speed of some things where it's like... It did have to pack a lot in, I guess. Yeah, like there were bits that obviously it was like, I'm never going to be able to read this in time in one viewing. Or... Yeah, I mean, that, that's probably something that is as much a flaw of the fact that we're coming at this from a, sec from a second language. Exactly. And the fact that, you know, we have to... Keep it moving. We can't be yeah. a manga about this. I, I was tempted to make my low light the um the abrupt reveal of all those deaths, but I actually, on further reflection, really like that. Yeah, like, it's, because it's it's not not 
the focus of Rohan's part of the story. And it's foreshadowed just enough, and you're like, yeah. what did happen to that guy? Like, you kind of get an idea that, oh, maybe that dude was killed, but you never quite know until the end. Mm. Which is quite nice. I really like how much this story does, like, how much, um, like, not explicitly telling it does. Like, mm. again, with the model working seeming to have stopped and all the murders happening in the background. Yeah, there's a lot of good uh, stuff left in the air. Yeah. Gosh, I, I really have a hard time picking a lowlight on it's this one. It's so good. It is literally <laughs> one of the best pieces of media I've ever seen. It brings me so much joy. Just pick the highlight that it ended. <laughs> or oh, the lowlight, rather. The lowlight that never again shall we see it's like. <laughs> Oh, man, what a time. Until the next one comes out, then then we will. Speaking of the next one, Nick. Yeah? Next week, we will be tackling Thus Spoke Kishibe Rohan, episode 16, at a confessional. Oh, fuck. What do you think will happen in that? I want to say he's going to go confess something. Something he thinks is a sin? Or, like, maybe it's just, like, the sin of envy or the sin of, like, I don't know, greed? And it's going to be, like, a really mundane thing that is going to be super normal... And then one piece of information will make the priest guy or the bishop or whoever it is just go, oh, are, are you saying he's dead now? Or something like that. <laughs> I My guess is that um, is that the priest is going to be into some fucked up shit. Uh, oh. Either Rohan is going to make a confession like of a pretty mundane nature that will inspire the priest to be like, this reminds me of a story where... And then he tells, you know, a ghost story. Um, oh. or, so you, or, you think it's a reverse confessional kind of situation where someone or, comes um, to Or, Rohan. you know, because the priests are meant to give guidance, so he will, you know, he'll tell the equivalent of the, um, the Gurchep thing for this episode, <laughs> you know? Um... <laughs> Okay, I forgot about Gurchep. Yeah. Or alternatively, Rohan will have a chance encounter with this priest, and it will it will be, you know, maybe maybe a little creepy, but but nothing explicitly happens, and then Rohan leaves, and the camera lingers with the priest, and we see him up to some some truly heinous shit. Ah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, right. I'm <laughs> I'm keen as shit, Liam. I'm keen as shit. At our confessional. Oh yes. I also happen to know, um, and this, forgive me if this is giving too much away, but I've seen some screenshots of some familiar friends in the next episode. <gasps> oh, yes! I don't want to know who they are, but I hope it's coming. Oh, I wasn't going to say anything more. Yes! Oh my god, yes. Imagine if Okiyasu shows back up again. Oh, our sweet boy, our sweet pack-a-day smoker boy. Oh man, what a guy. I wonder what he's doing now. Yep! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, uh, I think that's our episode. Sweet, this went remarkably well. Yeah, good, good, um, good e banter, Nikki. Yeah, what can I say? I'm um, I'm a really reclusive internet fiend. <laughs> well, I'm glad that um, you know, audio quality hopefully turning out well enough. Uh, we've made this work. Yeah, and if we haven't, fuck. And I'm just bitter that editing a remote podcast is more work for me than a locally <laughs> recorded one. Yep, damn. This should be fine in the long run, but if it, that becomes too much, we might have to look at slowing down our schedule, but we'll keep you posted if that happens. Yeah, always look to the Twitter. Always look. Not at me, though. Never at me. <laughs> Never at me. Go to at JoJo's podcast, the only podcast Twitter worth your time. Unless Tell it's any friends. of the other ones. If your friends are into JoJo or even if they're thinking about giving it a crack and they're looking for ways to fill their social isolation time, tell them to check out our podcast. Definitely good. I can't remember if the early episodes are good or not, but I enjoyed them at the time. (laughs) 
they're very dated. So, uh, but all the jokes we made have been hyper gremlinized. That's the problem. <laughs> That's true. But also, <laughs> Nick. Yeah. Tell them if they're watching or have watched Netflix Castlevania. Tell them to listen to those episodes. True. Tell them JoJo's World sent you. Tell them JoJo's World sent you. Or send them to JoJo's World. That's right, Yuki. I'm going to send you to JoJo's World. <laughs> and until next time, Liam. To, to be, be continued. continued.